this season on the Millennial Hair Podcast, we're talking all things I Got Five on it, the marijuana business and how it's been booming. We're also going to teach you how to build multiple streams of income and have loads and loads of guests. So make sure that you stay tuned. You are now tuned in to Millennial Hurt. You are now tuned in to missed us and they've been asking us when are we getting a season three but we finally here we here y'all season three thank you so much it's been like about a year about and a half a year. almost since and then a year almost since the last time we've recorded anything live um everything else has been virtual, virtual with but our we topic here. tuesdays but we're here in 2021 we come in super hard right super strong super strong hey, what, hey i missed you this is the first time that we've actually been together in the studio yeah. because mm -hmm. of we've been practicing social distancing as i hope you all are and you took your test i, I took yeah we, we, we were very um mindful mindful of, today of the so. pandemic coronavirus so. i don't need none of that banter about us <laughs> that but, we not be insane but other than that how you been i'm good uh new year new me we finally get we got our president out the president you know, our other former president, and we got a new president, and things changing, new day. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah. And I'm just excited for what season three has to come. We got a lot of good content coming to you. What's in store for season three, Cheryl? What, what, do, you, what do you expect from the season? I'm expecting more realer, deeper convos about, of course, social justice. Because you know I'm really into social justice, into mental health. It's been a lot going on with our political climate. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to having like special guests. Um, also, the pandemic has shifted the U.S. So us like diving into topics regarding the pandemic. How about you? Um, I agree. I, I am excited about the season because I, it's just a lot more guests, like you said. Um, just all of the businesses and, and other um people that we've come across just in starting our podcast and uh, and just all those partnerships or, or what like we network. have in store. Like just things are coming into fruition from what we were discussing, what, two, not two even years. two years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just, um, I think it's really, really going to be an exciting year. I think so too. So, so let's get started right on into it. So you already know this summer, it's been a lot of racial injustices going on and all throughout social media. If you're looking, if you were looking on Instagram, it was just something about protect us, protect black mm -hmm. women, protect us. So I want to know, where do you think that phrase came from? Like, why is it that in the midst of the summer, that was like the main phrase that, that was out there in social media? Well... I mean, like you said, we've had such a a big year just in particular, you know, from the protest to from the death of George Floyd to, you know, Breonna Taylor, Amara Arbery, you know, mm -hmm. 
the list goes on and it's been going on. Trayvon Martin, it's just, it's a lot. So when you think about the president, um, you know, we've been, we have a lot to unpack uh, because he was just adding fuel to the fire constantly, you know, enraging and inciting these supremacy groups. And, and so when I hear protect us and where it's coming from in the light of Black Lives Matter, it's because obviously, duh, we're we're not protected. We exactly. feel we we're afraid for our lives on a daily. Um, and so I think it's a, just another one. It's just another stinger to hey, see us, hear us, because um, we've been here. Because we've been here. We we now we we're filming our deaths, and you know we're speaking up. It's like, what more do you want to make it clearer for you? That, and yeah. and I'm just glad that we're in the movement of just black women getting their flowers now because we've been the backbone all the way since the plantation. So just to see, like, for example, in Georgia with the election, how Stacey Abrams, I, I was literally telling my friend that that's like the perfect preaching because when God <laughs> tell you it's not your time and I got something bigger, coming for you, it really does happen. Message. So just the fact that black women are finally, we're finally getting our flowers, people are finally respecting us, people are finally noticing everything within misogyny, within Black Lives Matter, within Breonna Taylor, because even when Breonna Taylor first got killed, she wasn't getting that much coverage mm -hmm. compared to George Floyd. And that's how it's been, though, you know, that you have to protest and... and and continue and continue in order to um, even get some attention or get someone to notice you. And even then, it's not enough. You need a, a, a support system, a strong team. You need a lot of money. You know, yeah. you need to be somebody that society or that the people who are trying to, you know, silence us. It's about, okay, hey, you can't ignore it. You can't deny it. And, and if it wasn't for black women, Joe Biden wouldn't be in office. And that's on period. So we got... A couple of hot topics to talk about because a lot has been going on where black women haven't been protected. Mm -hmm. And um, Ari, I know you could tell us a lot about what happened with Gabrielle Union when she um, was in NBC with yeah. Terry Crews. So like Cheryl was saying, we have so much to, like, it's been a year and a half. We can't catch up. It's been, you know, we can't obviously catch you up. But these are things that we, that caught our attention um, when we think about protecting us and wanting to feel like, hey, see us, see us. It's clear as day. So with Gabrielle Union and Terry Crews, obviously, y'all know the backstory. They both um, was a part of America's Got Talent. And uh, at the end of 2019, they let Gab go because... Um, she, I think she was just talking a little bit, talking a lot as mm -hmm. far as, you know, just being an outspoken person. Um, and so it later came out that she was saying it was a racist, toxic work beat, um, environment because they kept commenting about her hair. Something as simple as her hair being too black. Yeah. Now, when it came to Terry Crews, you know, he's just, a, you know, a different situation. African, <laughs> like that. All together. <laughs> we never... That's a different episode, but <laughs> it's all, no. I mean, he just was doing. You gonna the call most. a spade for a spade, right? So he, what we expected him was just if you don't have nothing to say or it's not gonna help her, you know, her 
progression or, or whatever, or even how just having feels, her back. Then you could just say no comment. Exactly. He went and he just spoke on how he couldn't speak to sexism because he wasn't a woman, but as far as racism, this has been the most diverse workplace that he's ever been. Um, and it just so turned out like, okay, all right, black man, we, you know, or all right man, support us, you know, support Gab in her stance. That may not have been your experience, but that was hers. And when the roles were reversed, the year or so prior when Terry Crews came out talking about that he was assaulted by another person in the industry, you know, black men or men, they were very um, apprehensive about his about like having his side of his it. allocation of the story. They thought that, you know, that wasn't a mask that wasn't masculine of him to even come forward. And stars, including Gabrielle Union, was in his corner cheering him on, saying that he was no. Yeah, so it's like when the roles were reversed, you dropped the ball, you didn't protect her in a sense. And that's just one, you know, situation. And I feel like one situation that we just still trying to get the facts to today is the whole Megan Stallion Mm -hmm. and Tory Lane situation. Which Tammy Roman then says she's not trying to hear that in 2021, (laughs) but clearly, I mean, we got to hear about it. Yeah, we got to hear about it. I mean, Tory has come out since then and he created a whole diss album about Megan. Um, Megan has spoken a lot about it where she's made sure she dedicated her artistry to just focusing on empowering women because black women are unprotected. So we're just still waiting to hear the facts because it's still going on in courts now. Mm-hmm. So we just got to wait and see. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Do you um, feel like Megan wasn't protected during this situation? Or are you one of the people that feel like we have to wait until everything comes out and then you, you can decide? I think there was support on both sides to a certain extent. Um, so, I mean, I think where it got real hazy was because um, when it came to Tory speaking in, to anything Megan had to say uh, or didn't have to say, just who was on her side, it, it started to become like a, a witch hunt, mm-hmm. I would say, or that's, you know, that's just how it was perceived. So, uh, but all in all, it was like you're at m- the mercy of your peers. You're at the mercy of social media. It's about who's telling the best story at the best time, and uh, at the right time, and who has the more de- who has the most juicy details. Um, I think you know. I, I don't. I don't think that's a situation that you know either side. What either side got to support? But when it, when I hear protect us in general, it's like why does it even have to be that way? Let us just save our opinion. That I feel like is unprotective in itself as a whole. And I feel like just to piggyback off of what you said, I feel like because black women, we have been stepping out, and we're stepping out of our comfort zone, and we're saying protect black women. A lot of black men still feel unprotected too. And there's been a lot of situations where I feel like um, black men have, you know, okay, haven't been protective. And I can say for one, do you have any examples or? Yeah, actually. Um, okay, so uh, recently it was uh, trending that there was this black inmate at a prison who had a popular fashion line. He was about to, he was, he was just trying to, I guess, get his coin for his family while he's locked up, mm-hmm. and. He has been since put in solitary confinement because it's what you it's what law enforcement will consider um, a plea to escape. So he might 
have to spend a lot of years um, in solitary, nine months in solitary confinement. His sentence can be extended because he just was trying to level up. Wow. And um, there's since been a GoFundMe to, you know, kind of uh, fight that. Uh, his family. Uh, yeah, so he was a prisoner in Calhoun State Prison, and he got solitary confinement. And this was actually before the new year. So um, we'll see. But just, just for trying to level up. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And then I also had one more, too. His name was Dolal Id. He's 23 years old. He's actually another Minneapolis, uh, well, was a, a Minneapolis resident. Um, he, too, is kind of similar to George Floyd, uh, where he actually died a block away from the scene of that crime. Yeah. Uh, and it was a thing with the police uh, where they were trying to, I guess, ca catch him in a situation selling illegal firearms. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a criminal informant. They did a routine traffic stop under the guise of a traffic stop. And he was ultimately killed. Now, what is interesting about that in the terms of protecting men? I'm not saying that the allegation of him already having, you know, committed a crime and whether he's guilty in that, but he still lost his life. So when it comes to protecting, there was an issued search warrant uh, where the family, his family, uh, where they resided, police broke in and was trying to check the household for any other guns. Mm -hmm. But they hadn't even told them that he was dead yet. Wow. So he was, you know... He was dead for hours, and then next thing you know, police barging in your house at 2 in the morning talking about, do you have any guns? Don't move. You're naked. You're half asleep. You know, it's like the it's like where's the common decency for... Just human beings, just being human. And if this were, you know, if this were a white family or any other ethnicity, you know, would they have gotten the same vile treatment? So... That that's a, another example of not being protected. I would say for me, I thought the whole Nick Cannon being fired mm -hmm. um, from Vicon was another way of black men not being protected because we come, we're in a we're in a generation where it's about like you know free speech. Um, obviously, we're in a new movement, and he was basically a little backstory about the Nick Cannon thing. He had. A special guest on from Public Enemy, and they were talking about just different things within um, blackness. So Nick Cannon brought up a point about white people really being the real savages, the way because you know in the media black people are usually portrayed as savages. So he said that to be honest, it ain't us; it's them. Like since the beginning of time, since caveman time, white people have been savages. Now. He got he got a lot of slack from um, his anti-Semitic comments against um, the Jewish community because he said that technically black people are the real Jews, are the real Israelites. And I would say for that, I'm not Jewish, so I it's kind of biased for me, so I can't tell a Jewish person how to feel. So if a Jewish person feels like it's um, they're, they're being discriminated against it and they feel some type of way, they're allowed to feel that way because that's their race. If I was black and a white person said, like, said that, I would be upset and I can speak on it because I'm black. But in that sense, though, the destruction that was centered upon that, though, like 
not saying he wasn't wrong or that he is wrong. Um, I think he he apologized. Yeah, he apologized, and he did the work. Like he even got like a Jewish rabbi on his show, The Canon Unclassed. He to, tried to clean it up. To clean, he tried to clean it up and but, correct his ignorance. And they still just like blackballed him to the point where he was suicidal. And I felt like that comes in where it's just like. Like he said, a lot of these companies are owned by Jewish people. So the fact that this goes into like black ownership too. And I appreciate different celebrities reaching out to him and showing them their support like Diddy. Because you know Diddy owns a lot. Yeah. But still, the fact that he lost everything and... that that That's what's the craziest that's part. That's the craziest part about it. Because it's like... He's had a long-standing career, um, very reputable um, for long years, and and he was stripped away from nearly everything. And I feel like, which he even felt like black people ridiculed him for it, you know, because thing about black people, we're going to laugh at memes, but then it's just like, (laughs) this is someone's life life who's lost everything, who has children, who, I mean, regardless, Nick Cannon ain't poor, but he lost a big percentage of his income that's coming in. So he was just kind of upset, like, because 50 Cent was coming at him. There was different celebrities coming at him, but he just felt like, okay, I'm at my lowest point, and I expect my community to be there for me because I'm defending blackness, but you guys are ridiculing me for a joke. So you're also saying, you know, that the the level of protection goes deep. It goes deep within the industry. It just, it goes deep. So what will it take for us to feel safe? You know, is it us against law enforcement? Is it us against ourselves, meaning, you know, our groups, our racial groups? Like, what? I think for us to feel safe, it's it's our oppressors taking accountability and accepting the fact that racism has been here for more than 400 years. And it's just like, I mean, nowadays people are starting to wake up within the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement. But it's just like to me, it's like even it's not genuine to me. It's mm-hmm. it's commercialism. It's for for capitalism. It's for like because even in the wake of George Floyd and uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor, all of these um, black people who died in the hands of um, the police, it's like you, you they might care for like two point five seconds, but after after that, they're worrying about selling Black Lives Matters merch. Yeah, t-shirts. And that and that takes away from the essence of what we're asking doing. for, and we're just asking. So you're saying the accountability, accepting. It's like a, it's accountability. That that's the first thing. It's accountability, and then it's um, using your privilege to do better, to do right. Okay. And and, and what it, does that look like? And it also it also takes black people. Like, we have to heal within ourselves, and we have to be accepting that when a white person is trying to take accountability, we can't just shut them down. Because, obviously, so most of them know, but there's some that don't know. So when they ask you for book recommendations and document <laughs> documentary recommendations, and we be so upset, like, Google is right there. It's just like, you know, it's we got to like kind of bite the halfway. bullet, and we got to meet them halfway. Okay. Um, and... I don't know. I was going to say, but I feel like we kind of all in this together, no? Like, how can we take our power back collectively? You know, how can we, is is it just continued, you know, scattered protests? 
Is it, you know, these town halls that come and go? Now that everything's virtual, it can just poof, you know, come, go in a second. Like, what? how can we take our power back? We can take our power back from what we're doing now. We're healing and we're making sure that black ownership, black business That's is important. Key. The fact that our generation as millennials, we're so big on mental health, which was such a taboo a couple years ago, and the fact that we're we're pushing the narrative of black mental health matters, of black voting matters, even though we don't even trust this whole system, that oppressed us. But the fact that we're saying, let's come together so that we can make a change and we're taking the steps and we're taking everyone with us, change will come. I think I think how we could take our power back too is like you said, continuing to keep our foot on the gas, like mm -hmm. the ownership, uh, taking the money that's being offered. I mean, this is now the better time than ever to get that loan secured. Okay, <laughs> that them grants. Everybody had, you know, it's more than ever. Um, the information is out there. These, now these uh, unspoken quotas that were always there for businesses when it comes to hiring or to partnership. There's a lot of requirements where now, you know, these bigger uh, corporations now have to work with smaller black owned businesses in order to keep the endowments and the investments from other uh, business ventures. So it's like, okay, now everybody is being pushed to meet us always where we should have been, which was halfway and more because, I mean, we were always you know, every time we try to get ahead, it was always, we were always knocked down. So I think that we should continue to like, just be tunnel vision, take what is given so that we could flip the table, flip the cards. This week's Black Owned Business of the Week, sponsored by the Millenni Her Podcast, we are shouting out Exhale app. Author, mother, and podcast co-host Katara McCarty has designed an emotional well-being app for women of color. That's right, women. Exhale helps you focus on healing through meditation and coaching sessions. It provides users with five categories of well-being practice, which includes daily affirmations, guided visualizations, and breathing exercises. Key features of the app include soul medicine meditation, which prompts users to check in and uncover the source of any pain. Calm breath is also a tool to quell the fight or flight response to anxiety and ancestor guided imaging sessions. So Cheryl, you ready to exhale this week? You know it. Waiting to exhale. <laughs> so check it out and let us know how you like the app. So the fact that you said that we were always um, kind of had one step, every time we would try to advance, um, something will be pulling us down. I think that's the perfect segue into our next topic, which is all Black Lives Matter. Which is the encompassed of our whole entire episode. episode. I mean, we, we rocking Black Lives Matter. We gotta shout out the brands. Um, where you get yours from? I actually got mine from the DuSable Museum in Chicago. DuSable okay. was, he was um, a Haitian man who founded Chicago. So I went to his museum and it was dope. And I, this was a gift actually, but it's a local businessman for sure. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, my friend got it for me and she told me that. It's so dope too. And it's, and it's actually TMP colors, so which makes it even a plus. So, uh, but yeah, all Black Lives Matter. Now, now that's the topic. Whether yep. you, <laughs> whether you, <laughs> I had to set that up. The topic is all Black Lives Matter. Now, I'm here to ask my co-host and you guys 
do, do you think we need to say all black lives matter? Like, why do we have to say all black lives matter? Shouldn't it be a given? It should be a given because when Black Lives Matter movement was formed, it was to protect all black lives. But the fact that a lot of black people feel like they're not included when it comes to Black Lives Matter movement, LGBTQ, um, the disabled community, and it's just like now Black Lives Matter have shifted their gear and made sure that they focused on the all Black Lives Matter just to include everyone in it. Well, I'm glad Cheryl's is ready to give y'all, you know, the history <laughs> and the backstory. <laughs> because, I mean, I wish that that's what people considered. Like, I I've even hesitated with the how to say it or if to say it. So it's like I, I used to say, oh, Black Lives Matter with the hashtag. And especially like the streets being being painted with all Black Lives Matter. and But it's just people kind of take offense to it. Like like you said, because sh it should be a given. But if that's the case, then why has there been so many uh, so many different cases where it's kind of become come into question? You know, when it come to when it comes to the LGBTQ community, that's mm. not how they may feel or how it's been. They've revealed, you know, publicly that they feel. I mean, there has been different situations like um, Iana Dior where, you know, she was subject to ridicule by black people. She she is a part of the black community, but it was more so like, okay, now I have to say all black lives matter because people of the LGBTQ transgender community doesn't feel as included into black lives matter movement uh, or group because if that were the case, then they're saying how could she have been mauled by 30 plus men or 30 people collectively and been, you know, beaten close to death, left for dead, you know, um, just because what's how it's being how it's being shown and perceived is that because she, she's transgender. So it's like or, or to piggyback off of what you said, I remember in our topic Tuesday, we discussed this with Angela Staten who's a really known Republican. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's a, she's a conservative. She was running for like a seat um, for Georgia. And she, con was, yeah, Congress. She, she was saying that, okay, we're saying that Black Lives Matter, but when it comes to abortions and it comes to... Yeah, it, when it comes to abortions, think about it. It's, you know, uh, Planned Parenthood, the amount of money that they are getting from the government to sponsor abortion procedures. It's it's an amount, the demographic of black people that get these procedures performed. Mm -hmm. She was coming from a standpoint of how can we say Black Lives Matter or all Black Lives Matter when we're, we're killing our babies, babies, fetuses, um, when you're when you're uh, eliminating their life. So, I, would, I mean, I mean, I would go. Here's my What's your stance on that? Here's my stance on it. <laughs> I feel like with black people, we won't be great until we all come together and realize that we gotta we gotta eliminate this struggle Olympics complex. And what I mean by that, I'm gonna break it down for y'all. <laughs> because every black black people, we are not monolithic, meaning that we come in various genders, various sizes, we're all different. And mo majority I would say all, and I could find statistics to back me up on that. Okay. <laughs> I believe that all black people are doubly 
Like they're they're oppressed either double or triple. For example, I'm black, I'm a female, so I deal with racism and misogyny. A queer person is black, they deal with racism and um, homophobia. A disabled person, a, a black deaf person deals with discrimination because they're disabled and they're black. After a while, we have to come together within ourselves and eliminate that and just focus on the thing that we have in common, which is racism towards our blackness. Message. I agree, because what I was gonna say was, to, to, to add to your point, that transgender, uh, bisexual, gay, uh, hom uh, heterosexual uh, beings, all black, the numbers don't lie. Black people, are dying are the are the largest one of the largest if not minorities killed every year annually the numbers going up and then just in 2020 last year at the top of the year nearly 40 transgender people were killed in most horrific manners most of the cases didn't find suspects or anybody to uh you know take the fall for these crimes and Nobody's been doing anything about it. National, you know, there's been no national coverage. And a lot of them have died. So, I mean, thankfully, you know, Yana, she's still alive. And she's, I, I hope that, you know, she can get over and heal past this traumatic experience. But it still goes to show that we want to unite. Okay. And I feel like, just to piggyback what you, off of what you said, I feel like we have to eliminate that crabs in a barrel mentality. Like, we all are not the same. We won't all agree, but that doesn't make it okay to, uh, that doesn't make it okay for a black person to die unjustly from the hands of the police or any racist or hate crime. That doesn't make it okay. Like, granted, if you are, you don't agree with LGBTQ because of your religion aspect, that doesn't make it okay for a trans person to die just because they're black. And I'm going to end this note off just to kind of like bring it in together. Okay. And I always, um, whenever I'm explaining this, I always think of the past. So I think of like Martin Luther King, um, the activist that came before us. So MLK was Christian. Malcolm X, we know, was Muslim. James Baldwin was queer. And although that they were, they were all different, they all came together and fought against blackness because that was one thing that they all shared in common. <laughs> so it's just like granted like they didn't agree all the time you know how many times Malcolm X was in the newspaper calling MLK a coon but at the end of the day it was just like you know what why am I fighting why are we fighting against each other, each other. let's come together to fight against the bigger enemy which is the person that's been oppressing us for generations and they're going to keep oppressing our generations after that so what can we I guess to like to continue that though with the stopping question how can we, what, is there anything we can do or on both sides, you know, the, the group within the group to, to kind of, I guess, put a parenthesis between the all? Like, because you're saying it should just be Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. because we all are included no matter what's been going on, we're all included. So if that's what you're saying, how can we get people to actually feel that way? Because, it comes, I mean, that's not what's happening. It's not, clearly. It's, it comes with um, being open to just learning about other people. 
because we're ignorant to a lot. Of, like, <laughs> let me tell you right now, I'm like on the front lines of, I'm on the front lines of all the protests. But there's been many situations where I've been oppressing other black people, and then I had someone have to check me on it, and I didn't know because I was ignorant and I didn't know about it. But then when I did my own research, and I did, I took accountability for my own faults mm -hmm. and did the work. Then I, I started to become more open-minded. I started to learn, like, okay, so this is why this, for example, this black Muslim person may feel this way, even though we have different religions. Like, I can understand why you would feel that way. So I feel like it's a sense of accountability. And until, like, one thing about I, I notice about black people, we all just want to be great. Okay. We want to flourish. Yes. But that's not, that's not going to happen if, unless we all come together. Mm. What are your thoughts? I, I, <laughs> I know I just got deep, um, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah, what can we do to have them feel included? Like you said, to check our own ignorances, to educate ourselves. Um, I mean... And remember that word. Remember the bigger picture. Yep. We're the ones that are oppressed as a whole. I feel like we keep saying that, but the statistics don't lie. It's not going to go away. Actually, we've been the loudest in the past two years, and we've been in a while, and we're still getting slighted. We're still getting unheard. There's still black people be getting killed. There's still, you know, uh, bills being passed. You know, I, I, I mean, even for uh, example, I'm going back a little bit just to prove it. In Ohio, Governor... Mike DeWine, he signed another Stand Your Ground bill. He was, he's the most recent uh, governor to do it. And it was really shocking to me. Uh, I mean, obviously I, I don't live in Ohio, um, but it was, we know dis that black people are at a disproportionate number to be subjected to crimes where police or someone of another race can claim that their life was threatened, hence why they had to shoot to kill. And if you're really hearing us, if black lives, all black lives matter, if we stood, you know, we're standing together and we're shouting to the mountaintops, yet these bills that have clearly not been on our side and has been killing us, um, how can you have done that if you really heard us? Um, so I just say all that to say that I think I think it is a given, but we need to do more. And I feel like this is now a chance to realize, like, we are either standing together or we're not. Oh, we're not. And then there's there's many groups that don't people are, well, black people don't even know about. Like, I personally know about this group because I work in this population. But like, Black Deaf Lives Matter is a whole nother movement within I, the Black Lives Matter. I feel like the Black Lives Matter is like a tree. And each, there's like different branches. Mm -hmm. So just to shed a light on black deaf lives, deaf people deal with police brutality all the time. And and this comes with them not having the right to when um, proper accommodations, like an, a sign language interpreter. Uh, there was one in incident that happened in Oklahoma from a guy named Pearl Pearson. And he was stopped by the cops, a state trooper, and he was trying to pull out his card to show that he was deaf, but the cops already harassed him. They beat him up so badly. And then it, what what ended up happening is that his sons actually, they were two, they were also in the police force. And then he had to receive a settlement of money. So he sued the whole department and he won. So it was just like, 
it wasn't until they looked up his license that they realized that he was deaf. And they were actually caught on camera because they realized their fault. They were caught on camera cursing, like, oh, snap, like, he's deaf, like, we're going down. And it's just like, I mean, well, like, he was trying to show you that he was deaf, but you didn't even give him the mm-hmm. opportunity to show the card that he's deaf. And then on top of that, you're when you put the handcuffs on him, you're putting it on him. So his form of communication, yeah. he can't even sign. And it looks like he's aggressive, but instead of just, like, Thinking before you react, it's like, it's kind of like that. Um, I know me and you talked about it, about just giving grace for like a couple seconds before you react. Yeah. And I feel like um, deaf people, black deaf people deal with a lot. I know for Strong Black Lead, there's like this girl on TikTok who went viral and she was explaining how like deaf, black deaf people are oppressed within the deaf community, which I found was just like, very interesting, and it's to the point where they had to start their own black sign language up aside from the regular sign language it's because like a, they were being dialect. oppressed. So regardless, in every f- facet, every area, black people are being oppressed, whether it's like disabled, whether it's like religion, where, where, wherever it, it is. From all sides. From all sides. So that's why it's like more important. And what's the percentage, like would you say... That with a person with, with a disability to be more or so more or less, I you say know, um, I found this abused. I found this um, statistic online. It said thirty three to fifty percent of all use force incident includes someone with a disability, mm. and then that just goes into what recently happened in the summertime with Elijah McLean. He was on the spectrum and he was just walking home from the store and was, of course, you know, like a Karen called and said, oh, someone's looking Karen. suspicious. <laughs> you tried it! We got to dive deep, deeper into the whole Karen and what they, because they've been acting up this whole last year and even to the beginning of this year. But he basically was harassed by the cops, which led them to giving him the wrong dosage of medicine to calm him down, and he ended up getting into cardiac arrest. So the fact that he was on the spectrum, I could, I can't imagine that. Like, I've, I know a lot of people who are autistic, and he was even, even when he was being detained, he was still saying, like, I'm an introverted person. I love y'all. Like, just mm-hmm. speaking positivity, and then what made it worse was that later came out that he was like really skilled in a violin and he would play the violin at animal shelters. So then his town felt like, well, his community felt like it was important to, to show him respect by having a peaceful visual where they were playing like the violin. They all came together. And of course the cops came and harassed them, pepper sprayed them and did the most when they were just peacefully playing the violin for visual. And I've I've read that there's been a lawsuit going on with that. So I'm just waiting to see how, like what's gonna happen when it comes to that. Mm. So with that being said, we've laid out a lot. a lot of where the theme is rings true. We all need to like unite, humble ourselves, and get to know each other and like really take take the office by storm like but obviously on a bigger scale tap into tap into the bigger picture of being our being 
triggering your most boss-like personality. And I mean, protecting women, protecting black men, protecting black women. Um, All different types of black people. So I would, I would like to though, with that, we're protesting. We're, we are making the town halls. We are dropping books. We are doing, you know, really uh, becoming CEOs. And, uh, but that comes with a lot of pressure. And we want to be safe. And we want to continue to uh, play hard, play smart, not too hard. Um, because it's already hard enough. So what we have uh, come up with is obviously our takeaway. Like we want you to um, feel secure that Millennia got your back. Okay, because we always come through for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> for real. So we obviously, uh, as you continue to protest, as you continue to try and make change, we want to leave you with this. If you feel ignorant in a situation, obviously, like we said earlier, educate yourself. And until legislators catch up to signing bills and laws that protect us and hold other people accountable, we need to do our due diligence in and protect ourselves. Um, that's the, the, the theme of today's episode. And so I want us to get active and be the change that we want to see. So it is by this app. I'm gonna live by this app. I'm getting excited. <laughs> so, okay, so there's this app uh, called Signal App. And it's actually been endorsed of some sorts by uh, Elon Musk, uh, Mr. Tesla man, world's richest man in, in the world. Uh, and he, uh, it's called, like I said, Signal. And it's supposed to be like WhatsApp on steroids. So it's for protesters and people who are apprehensive about advocating for change. Um, it's where you can send text, video, uh, picture messages, but the key is the end-to-end -end encryption. So you will feel protected against law enforcement and prevents law enforcement, mobile carriers, or any other snooping entities from being able to get your contact information to interject in your conversations. And it's only for, uh, it's only for confirmed and, uh, and checked, like verified users. So it's where you can organize your meetups. It's where you can discuss anything, you know, that any protests or any uh, organizations or any events that you want to, you know, be that local law changer. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just a way to uh, feel strong and feel safe so that you don't have to worry about getting arrested. And speaking of arrested, there's also just a few more. We'll definitely put it up on our channel so you can see all of the apps that we were able to find so that it can help you feel safer. But for example, we have uh, a tracker, a tracking app called SOS. It tracks your location in real time uh, and it periodically sends things to, periodically sends your location to your loved ones and then also it's called I'm getting arrested at wow. clear as day I'm, <laughs> I'm getting arrested and basically that is for us when you when you if you think you're getting arrested you can send your location straight to your Tamika, it, might, it might get to Tamika Mallory if, I mean at least nobody will say oh I don't know if this person yep. is where this person is or I didn't know that they were booked 
that app takes care of that. So definitely gonna have those on our channel uh, and we want you to be safe. We want you to be the change you wanna see. All Black Lives Matter, that is a given. Let's just try to unite and make it Black Lives Matter. That's my opinion on the stance. Let's try to keep the focus on Black Lives. Yeah. Um, I guess for me to conclude, it's like Ari, you just you just hit it on the nail. I don't even know how to come back from that. But it comes with looking in the mirror and realizing that okay, I'm different from other Black people, and trying to understand and taking the accountability to be open-minded to learn about other Black people, so that way we can unite and get rid of this crabs in the barrel mentality. Because I'm not taking this with me in 2021, not at all. Wait, we gotta we gotta understand too that. It's gonna be a journey. It's gonna be a journey. It's it gonna is. be a journey, but, but we got this. But we're the generation to make that change so that our children can live comfortably because I feel like our generation, like we're about this uprising lies. Like we're not taking nothing. Like we're calling out our CEOs for racism. We're doing this, we're, we're on the front lines. We're doing what it has to be so that our children can live comfortably. And they're still, which they're still gonna experience racism because I mean I don't I don't believe racism could be abolished because people are just are just stuck in their ignorance. But that doesn't mean that change can't happen. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, that's how you protect yourselves. Education. Education. And we just educated you for an hour. We are so happy that season three is back. back. And we have so many more episodes in store. Uh, make sure that you follow our channel. Make sure that you keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook. We have more episodes coming to you. So season three, Melanie. I'm Arielle Ryan. Arielle Ryan. And I'm Cheryl. Love y'all. Love y'all. And that's a wrap.